Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You give me one shot here on a blue-chip stock, believe me, Kevin, only problem gonna have is that you didn't buy more nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up down sideways or in circles what's going on nba draft fans your boys are back the wolves of ball street the the draft deck nba draft podcast (laughs) bumbled that one and we're live of course i bumbled that one um Mm -hmm. i'm just so tired from uh you know uh uh 24-hour period that, you know, we'll go into a little bit. But my name is Corey Tulliba, and uh, I am your host here, as always, with my co-host, Garbage Time, Albert Gim. Albert, how are we doing today? Dude, I'm, I have to be doing better than you, brother. You, shouts to, shouts to the legend, Corey Tulliba, man. You were at the garden till freaking the crack of dawn last night, and now you're back on the mic, ready to record a freaking... What are we even doing today? Some wild big board, you know, yeah. just for just Early. for fun. So, um, yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Um, there's a lot going on, but this is the best time to be alive. So let's keep it going. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And first, you know, I want to uh, shout you out because you made your first guest appearance on uh, the Draft Capital pod. <laughs> I, I watched some of it live, um, which was fun. And uh and then I listened to the full thing on, uh, you know, their their podcast when they put it up the next day. And you did just such a phenomenal job. I'm so, so stoked for you that that you you did that. You're going to be on a whole bunch of more podcasts in the future for sure. And uh, yeah, it was you were great. So shout out to you. I appreciate it, man. Also, hey, thanks for that, Corey. But I um, also want to thank uh, Stephen and um, and Chris for having me on. Those guys are awesome. They're actually like really, really good. They know their stuff. Um, they were gracious, awesome hosts. So shouts to them and their pod. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really good. Yeah, shout outs to to our guys from the Off the Ball Network. They do great work today, Albert. We are going to give our first version of a semblance of a big board we're just gonna go through like the first 14 or so guys kind of do like a little lottery board um it's we've had one game uh in the college season so far you know some of the pros have a couple of games under their belt but it's still so early that it's still kind of like a preseason big board you know for the most part none of the college teams have really played like adequate competition now you know with Obviously, some exceptions, you know, like you you mentioned, I went to the Champions Classic uh, at the Garden to kick off the college season. We had Michigan State versus Kansas as a little, they were like the opening band, you know, the, the stadium was kind of empty. Um, and then moved on to Kentucky and Duke, which was, you know, that's what everybody came to see. It was rocking, mm. packed, the passion, the energy just live basketball at the garden, you know, with two blue blood, passionate fan bases was unbelievable. 
Um, but you know, I live on Long Island. I probably live, you know, if if there was no traffic, if I'm the only car on the road, I can get to the garden in probably like 50 minutes from where I live, which is not bad, right? And, you know, if I take a train, you know, I live right by the the train station, uh, probably hour 15 on the train and then it takes you right underneath the garden so like you're right there it's very convenient but i was like you know what is there anything like worse than going to a game at madison square garden figuring out when you have to get on the train to go home Mm -hmm. missing the train and then having to wait like an another hour until like the next train or getting on the train and it's packed and you have to stand I was like, fuck that shit. I'm driving in (laughs) because I just want to get in my car Mm -hmm. and dip when the games are over. It's going to be late. The Duke-Kentucky game didn't start till 9.30 Eastern time. So by the time it was over, you get out of the garden. I mean, I get to the the parking garage, pay for the ticket. You know, it was late. And then it, it, I got home pretty quick after that, but once I got home, some of you may have, have read the piece already. Nathan and I, Nathan from the Draft Fever podcast, the No Ceilings Network, we did a little reaction piece. So then I stayed up. Probably took me like 45 minutes to type out some words. Luckily, I you know, was able to wake up for work <laughs> four hours later Jesus and Christ. edit it a little bit to make sure some of it made sense. But I was struggling. Uh because I had work very early, barely got any sleep. When I got home, I abs- I just passed out, like took a nap. I'm kind of more of a human being now, but uh, I was tired, man. But totally worth it because what what a game do Kentucky. We saw so much Jesus. that was worthwhile with these prospects from an NBA draft perspective. Um, can, even Michigan State and Kansas had some fun NBA draft stuff, but that's not where we're really going to get into at least from, you know, the Michigan state Kansas perspective. Maybe we'll talk about them in an honorable mention type of sense. Cause there are some first round prospects, but the blue bloods were in the, that first game and, and we'll get to those guys when the time comes. So the format of this, I think, and we're just freestyling here. We're not really doing anything too crazy. We're just going to go through the 14 guys and we're going to go back and forth, I think, and it'll be like a cumulative thing. We did this a couple of times last year. But, you know, thinking back, when did we even start the pod? Like February? I think Isn't it was like late? March or April. It, yeah, it was late when we started it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a little earlier because maybe we had already, like, I, March Madness. I feel like we maybe true. were there that for that. True. But even still, it was late into the draft process. For sure. Now, granted, yeah. granted, the draft process started late. The mm-hmm. draft wasn't until the end of November. Like, we're not even a, a year removed, like, from the the 2020 draft yet. Right. And we're on 2022 right now. So everything was pushed back, delayed. It was a whole weird year. But whatever the case is, we're, we're getting at this early this year. This is going to be, you know, our our introduction into some of these prospects. Now, if you've been rocking with us through the off season, you know, we've covered some of these guys in, in depth, but now we actually have college game film on some of these guys. And that's really exciting. 
because it's no longer theoretical, hypothetical. Now we actually see what some of these guys look like against competition. And and that's not AAU or, or high school. So it's a really exciting time for this podcast. I mean, yeah, dude. I, it, You know what? I, I do want to say really quickly, Corey. First off, shouts to you. I don't know how you're even functioning. Even with a nap, I'd be totally out of it. But um, yeah, man, it, it is kind of crazy when you put it in those terms, like the journey that we've been on you know the fact that like the 2020 draft was only like a year ago or whatever and here we are with 2022 but um i'm excited dude i i feel like yeah i'm I'm really curious to see your board and like how our boards clash because yeah we there are some guys here that i'm confused about that i'm excited about i'm kind of all over the place but i'm ready to go man let's get into it all right do you want to have the first or second you want to okay yeah, so I'm, i'll go first um, all right, I'm going to pivot away from what some of our listeners probably may think is the prospect I'm going with based on listening to the podcast in the last few months. I'm actually going to go with Chet Holmgren as the number one guy on my board. Mm-hmm. Wow. I pivoted away. I'm I'm going with Chet Gonzaga, potential unicorn big as the number one prospect in the 2022 class. The more I watched him, the more I kept just coming back to like, ah, there's something about him that feels special. And it's obviously the tools. I mean, he's obnoxiously long. I I think he's 7'2". You know, obviously he's going to get, he weighs nothing. He's, you know, 85 pounds soaking wet. But he can really shoot it. It looks good. He can handle it. He he really blocks shot and when shots. And when you you stop looking at him in the context of like, all right, does he can he get on the block and post up and do big man stuff? And you just look at him as this new age guy who doesn't need to do that. He's really interesting. Um, you know, he played a cookie cutter team in his first game, but he had like an obnoxious stat line. It was like, I don't know. It's fake. 14 boards, 13 points, six Mm -hmm. assists, six blocks. blocks. Yeah. Like some, you know, craziness. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I can't wait till he gets to the, the harder competition, but I I think for now, I think I'm going to go with Chet at number one. Wow. Okay. I mean, that, that's fair, dude. I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised. Um, just because we had such hard-ons for Hardy, yeah. um, did not think uh, you'd go Chet number one. But I can also kind of understand. Uh, for me, Corey, I'm actually, you know, we usually agree on a lot of stuff. Not that I disagree with you either, but I actually had Chet third. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, interesting. But, you know, you know me. I'm I'm always open to change my mind. I'm, I'm not really set on anything. But um, for my initial board, I had Chet third but i can also totally get why you had him first and i think a good reason or a good something to keep in mind i i think it's kind of in the back of your mind is look at evan mobley the first couple of Mm. weeks of his nba career it's hard Mm. to not watch mobley and the unbelievable success that he's having as a pro so far like i i do like i know like a lot of people are talking about evan mobley but i wonder if people are like really 
talking about Evan Mobley. Like, I wonder if even like casual fans know about how freakishly good this guy's been to start his career. But I can understand like why, like, you know, you have Chet so high because Chet is obviously not the same player as Evan Mobley, but there are some really tantalizing skills there. And you can understand that he might be a real problem on the next Mm -hmm. level because he does things at that size that just don't make a lot of sense. And I know he played like, who'd he play yesterday? Dixie Hills, Daisy Dukes. I've got no no freaking idea who he played. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I mean, you're right. The stat line was unbelievable. I I didn't like the high turnovers, but whatever. He's a freshman. It's his first like D1 official game. So let the kid rock. Um, there are a couple of ridiculous blocks that he had. And then like some wild one-handed outlet that he threw that was like absolutely weighted perfectly, um, which was awesome. So I get it. I think for me, I just have him third right now because the two guys I have ahead of him, I'm just like crazy in love with them. Yeah. But um, I totally understand it, dude. All right. So you have the number two okay. pick on the the draft deck board and i should probably mm-hmm. should probably keep track of, of yeah. what's what's happening here in, mm-hmm. in some Me too. capacity um so you have number two yeah who are you going with for the draft the draft axe big board at the number two pick i'm interested to see. Uh, okay adam silver uh the second pick i'm taking paulo boncaro mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm taking Paulo Banquero here is because he's number one on my list. Mm. Uh, so you and I, yeah, you and I, we both moved moved off of Hardy um, at number one. So I guess we really are aligned. Um, but, you, dude, I had to put Banquero number one. And, and you know what, Corey, to be completely honest, um, I actually had him number one even before last night's game. I love because it. Because the more I thought about it and the more I thought about the comps that you and I went through, Um, when we did the Boncaro pod, the more like I was falling in love with the kid, like in my mind, there was absolutely no reason for me to be thinking like that. But I just assumed that defensively he was going to be better. I just firmly believed that what we saw in AAU in high school was not the true Paulo Boncaro. And that kind of fleshed itself out last night. He was doing stuff defensively that I actually really enjoyed. There are a couple of times that he got switched on like severe Wheeler or Ty Ty Washington, and he was not getting ripped to shreds. He did right. a pretty good job staying in front of them. And even on the interior, I thought he did some nice, nice things, except I mean, that kid is or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was, what, what is he like? Is he just like a gigantic <laughs> Reggie Evans? Like I could not understand that's, how many, that's a good cop. I don't think we're going to cover him on, <laughs> this podcast in depth yeah. necessarily who knows yeah. though right but that's that's a pretty good comp based I mean, on you know yeah. what he was doing it's yesterday freaking 10 foot tall reggie evans and grabbing every offensive board it literally made no sense to me but uh Boncaro was unbelievable and i think the tools that he has at 610 with the strength and the body that he has is it's unbelievable and we talked about the passing that i didn't think he really got to show off last night against a really tough kentucky team and, and shouts to kentucky like i don't know like i i i haven't heard any hot takes or heard and watched any tv or seen what people have said but i thought kentucky played pretty well too man like i i know ty ty didn't put up big numbers but i really liked what i saw from ty ty washington i know you were there Corey. i'm sure you have mm-hmm. thoughts on that but anyway um let me stop there and just say i have boncaro number one because i think the mix of tools and size and height and all these things he's 
he's just terrifying. So I've got Boncaro number one, so I'm going to take him number two here. I love it. I mean, I really struggled not putting him one after seeing him live last night. He was a sight to behold live, and he has it. That look. He's got the aura like, yo, I'm the fucking dude. Mm. Mm. It's me. Mm. Duke across the chest. Coach K's farewell tour. I'm the guy you remember when we when we win that last national championship for K. <sighs> 20 years from now, that's the video that played. Like, he's got the look, the confidence. He's knocking down shots. He's shaking his head like, these guys serious right now? Mm. For real? You think you can guard me one-on-one? Are you crazy? I mean... I'm telling so I started out first half. I was sitting in on the Chase Bridge, which was the first time I sat up there. It was actually awesome. It's really high up. It but it's you have such a good view of the court. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not as high up as you as it seems. Mm-hmm. So the first half I was watching from there, and uh, you know, I had Duke closest to me where I was sitting and when Paulo did the first like spin move like isolation spin move and he got fouled I was like dear god I was like oh my god I was like somebody no one's around me but somebody needs to recess is gonna have to recess <laughs> if he keeps doing this like I'm I'm gonna I might fall off the chase bridge because I can't control what my body is is trying to do it was special. And the second half, I got a little upgrade, got to move down to the 100 level. So I was right, like, probably like, I don't know, 15 rows up, center court. And uh, wow. Seeing him even closer, I was like, wow, he's a monster. Like, physically, mm. he is. Every bit of the 6'10", 250. But he's lean, man. Mm. You know, there were times where in some of those high school games, he looked a little, like, lumbering. Like, he was he was thick. But he's so lean and fit and just, like, built to play in the NBA now. I, It's hard. It's going to be hard to not move him number one on my board if he, if he ends up being, like, a, a 2010 four guy and then i just got to see because a lot of the things that i had questions about based on the high school film which i think we both kind of thought like hey it's high school the effort isn't going to necessarily be there like it will in college he he answered that it's one game though so i'm going to wait and see if he can continue to just go and be the guy because he's got the look of it like almost like special where i I know people are kind of like is there any like tier one prospect in this class and it looks like Maybe there's more than one, but it looks like he certainly belongs in that tier. Big time. Yeah. So big time. Yeah. All right. Freak dude. Number three. I'm going to go with our guy, Jaden Hardy of, of the J Ignite. He's back. He's back. I, I can't free fall him down the the draft board because he struggled in two games. Now he's he's not looked very good. He's struggling to make the reads and the decisions and 
and I'm not even worried about the shot making because that, you know, mm-hmm. make or miss, like, you know, he's a good shooter. I think we have evidence of that. But the processing, the space creation's a little iffy at times. I'm not panicking. After the first, the first uh, episode we did, I believe, was on the G League. And I think we had just watched the debut. And Jalen so Green true. couldn't he couldn't get by Nico Mannion. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and we were like, and and then and Kaminga, meanwhile, looked like LeBron. And this is that's the problem with sample sizes. If that was the only mm-hmm. game that you watched, you were gonna be like, How is Jonathan Kaminga not the number one pick? And why is Jalen Green even gonna get drafted? So I'm not panicking two games in. Especially because unlike Jalen Green, who had like Jarrett Jack and Amir Johnson and these vets had Bobby Brown, yeah. Bobby Brown, right? Kaminga, at least to take the pressure off offensively, is another like option. Even Dacian Nix, right, who at least was more of like a point guard. There's no like Dyson Daniels is not like a pure point guard. I think Pugita. he's got, a, you know, he's got, he's got a little <laughs> bit of a tougher situation than the guys did last year. So I'm not panicking, and I think he's going to turn around, put it together. But it's going to be slow, and it's going to be a lot of projection. But I still believe in that elite scoring, shot making package. And when he starts confidently knocking down shots, I think it's going to open up a lot of the other things. And there's been flashes, some nice passes here and there. So I'm I, I can't free fall him down the board yet. It's way too early, and uh, I I have to keep him at third. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm with you. I have him second on my board. I, I'm still in love with the guy. I still think he's going to be unbelievably good. Um, yep. I haven't gotten, I haven't dove like full on head head first, um, into the G League stuff yet, which is why you know no shouts to shouts to um our boys Nate and um. And Tyler Rucker for giving me crap about not being on the uh, draft deeper pod this week, but I love you guys. It's okay. I love you guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think just from what I've seen so far from Hardy, though, you know, yeah, it's kind of you know I'm not too shocked or too concerned. Um, some of the decision making is a little slower, but then some of the interior passes on drives have been cool. Yeah. Those have been nice. You know, I think he's gonna. He just needs time to grow is what I think. Um, it's been a long time since he's played. I'm not too worried. And ultimately I think you and I are on the same page. Like he's the skills unbelievable. So yeah. well, let's give him some time. I think he'll be all right. And so, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that and I'll transition into number four, right? This is our fourth pick. This is our fourth pick. That's our number four pick. on the big board. I'm going to go on a limb, go, go on a limb here and say, we have the same guy at number four. I think so. Um, I'm I'm hoping we do. My guy is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yep. 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 There it is. Okay. That's who so, I got. PBJ. Exactly. I mean, he, that's, it's where he deserves to be. He's what six nine, six ten. I think he's six yeah. ten now. He I know he's listed huge, at six nine. It's it's stupid how tall he is. And like you, you know something, Corey, that Broad I regret too. saying. Yeah. Exactly. So on the pod, I was saying like, oh, I want him to add more mass. And then like I saw him play a couple games. I'm like. Yeah, like maybe I shouldn't have said that. This kid is like pretty <laughs> brolic already. You see it in his shoulders. The kid has nice shoulders, and you can tell that he's just going to fill out even more. I think, um, or, or maybe even like I don't know. Maybe he doesn't fill out, but I, I just he he's a physical specimen already. Um, uh, but the shooting looks 
freaking beautiful. Um, I, I think it's going to be, as you've mentioned, and uh, you, I actually wrote about Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, that'll be yes. dropping uh, soon. But um, yes. yeah, I, just the passing is there. Obviously, he's not like he's not a power level, level passer. I don't think he's some elite passer, but I'm really excited to see him try. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be really fun to watch. He's going to try different things. Him going to Milwaukee gives him the freedom and the license to do stuff. Hopefully, he doesn't do anything else, like weird stuff off the court. You know, it can get a little boring in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's um, a beautiful know, just, city. Is it? It's a beautiful... I mean, it's going to be cold, so it's going to be awful, mm-hmm. like, in during the season. But right. when it's nice in Milwaukee, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, on the water, oh. great city. Mm-hmm. If you like beer, they have that. Okay. Like most places, but you know, they got some good beer stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, really nice city. <laughs> okay. So it's not Cleveland is what you're saying. Which I'd is rather cool. spend time in Milwaukee. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that sounds beautiful, but I'm really hoping PVJ just stays in the gym. Um, I'm hoping he continues to work on his craft and you know, he just, yeah, because like the size and the shooting and the passing and the handle and the weak side defense is unbelievable, dude. Yeah. He's going to be freaking unbelievable next year. So, or sorry, this year and even going into the league. I, it's just, it's weird. He's, he's a gigantic shooter. And yep. I think he's going to show a little bit more than that. So he's easily number four for me. And it's like, I, I think one to three are in their own bracket. And then this might just be a me thing, but I think PBJ is in his own bracket after that. Because the guys that I have after him have like a, a half tier below PBJ, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But um, yeah, I think that PBJ could make his way to the back of the tier. Like for me, like if Hardy continues, like if Paolo and Chet separate, I think he could work his way into like the Hardy tier. Now, if Hardy starts knocking down shots like he he showed in high school, then maybe that's a different story. But also, you know, PB, PBJ like. The dude's size matters, and even if he doesn't become this gigantic Tyler Hero or you know whatever kind of prospect you want to compare him to, a lot of people are comparing him to Michael Porter Jr. He could fit on any roster, and that's such a beautiful thing to get in a, a prospect with his skill set and talent and size and height because it's like – he could be this role player who's like way too good to be a role player. And I, I don't like, I don't, he's like a super, he could be a superstar role player for you. And that could be like a, where he could get going and be a number one option at times. And then he could also like play off of whoever your star is. Like, I don't think there's a star in the league that it's going to be like, how is Patrick Baldwin jr. Not like going to fit with Mm. this guy. You know what I mean? And I think that's valuable. Um, Sounds like Clay. Yeah, like, I mean, (laughs) let's hope that Clay comes back healthy, right? I I miss watching that guy play basketball. Yeah. But, yeah, so far he's looked great. He's he's shot it well on the, you know, on the ball, off the ball, the movement stuff. It's all there for him. And um, at number five, transitioning into – number five mentioning clay i see a little bit of clay in this next guy i'm gonna take caleb houston wow i love that i i really like houston's game and 
I don't think I don't know how much he's going to pop in college from like a statistical perspective. Because I think he's he's, you know, going to be a guy who plays his role for a really good Michigan team. But I think he's got an awesome skill set and uh his stroke is pure and the way he moves his just kinesthetically you know that's my thing. It reminds me so much of Clay. How he, even when he's like going to the hoop for a layup, it it re- kind of reminds me of the way he moves and but the way he sets up. He's always on balance. Like, I love it. I'm in. I love Houston. That's that's my number five guy right now. Damn, I. That's a really good one. I have I I had Houston actually sixth on my board, so okay. I think you and I are pretty much aligned on that one. I, I actually really love what you, what you said about him, dude. I. You said Clay. He reminds me of a guy who has a very similar last name to him, but spelled differently in Allen Ooh. Houston. Yeah, he 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 reminds me a little bit of H2O because now their shooting forms are different, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the reason why I, I thought of Allen Houston was because like I thought of like 0203 Allen Houston when by then like Howard Isley and Charlie Ward were like their backups and they went like with the bigger lineup with Houston and Sprewell sharing the ball handling duties. Like I thought of um, Caleb Houston in that type of form where I think the kid is like, he's going to do a lot more than just be a shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to be able to do a little bit off the dribble and just, yeah, he's such a beautiful player. And as you mentioned, like he moves so fluidly, which is actually something I wrote about. Um, when I wrote about Houston too. So I'm with you, dude. I, I had Houston number six. So him going five is golden, golden. And um, for number six on our board is a guy that I think you love, um, that I think you're going to be happy with. I took Peyton Watson here. Oh. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, maybe he's too high. I don't know. But I, I from what I've seen. No, I had him seven, actually. Okay. Which cool. I, I think I'm, I've moved him up recently. Okay. From where I started with him. But yeah, no, I tell me tell me about Peyton mm-hmm. Watson. What what is it about him? I mean, we talked about Caleb Houston and how he moves. Um Peyton Watson and how he moves. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um I was watching I mean, yeah, the dude like I love his work rate. The guy seems to be ferocious. Um the shooting yeah. we'll see, right, mm-hmm. Corey? I mean, how mm-hmm. do you feel about the shooting? I feel I'm not I'm not in love with the shooting. Me too. If, it's a, let me tell it's you something. a big question mark. If he was shooting it, he would be in that first tier. Exactly. He would be in the which first is, tier. Which is why it's like, dang, like I really wrestled with Jabari Smith too, because mm-hmm. that dude can shoot it. But yeah, Watson, I love um, the athleticism, the fluidity, the freaking ferociousness. This guy is does he get tired? I don't know. He he's crazy. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed Peyton Watson and I want to see how he plays at UCLA. Um, I did mm. not get to watch him yet, but I'm really excited for that because I mean, if he pops with Juzang and the rest of that team, um, that's a really interesting, a really interesting team. And Watson becomes really, really interesting. I just want to shout out because yeah. I don't, we're not, he's not going to be in the top 14 board. I don't think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you shock me, which I would absolutely love. <laughs> I am. I'm already feeling it with Hawkes Jr. Okay. 
I'm getting it going. Like, I'm like, all right, how far can I realistically put him up my board by the end of this process? Wow. Um, I just love watching that kid play basketball. Absolute worst facial hair going right now. But as a basketball player, he does some stuff that I'm just like, yeah, man. Like, he, to me, is the prime, like, who is the Duarte type guy in this cra- in this class? And to me, he's he initially where we're at in this part of the season. He's my guy for that kind of older prospect, upperclassman. Is he just older than everybody and more experienced, or is he really that good? He's he's that for me right now. I I'm I'm mm-hmm. riding hard for that dude right now. Yeah, I'm, he's a big dude too, right? He's like six seven. He's big right, dude. big dude. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that. Um, a little bit underrated bounce. Mm. Good feel. <laughs> Good motor. I like it. Corey, Corey's it got his guy. You yeah. found your guy. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get. Guy. I like with the NIL rules. If UCLA sells some uh, the jerseys, I might pick one up. You know. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm gonna see them play in person. Maybe I'll grab one for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so go back. Let's go back to Watson, sticking with UCLA. Yeah, because um, yeah. I said this in the chat. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like the no ceilings chat or if it was you know between like me, you, and Rucker, and like you mm-hmm. know we have the way that he defends, and he's smaller, mm-hmm. but the way that he moves, and I'm not comparing him fully because he's not nearly as fully gifted skill set wise he really reminds me of anthony davis now anthony davis is wait he's bigger he's taller he's stronger but the way that he moves defensively the way he blocks shots even the way he dribbles the way he gets into his dunk package like i just the way he moves on the court and if you're telling me that like you can get, and I even think that he showed like some flashes of like, oh, you could run some pick and roll and let him kind of operate as like a passer. Now, once teams start going under on his jumper, because it's he's very far away as a jump shooter, you know, it's a different story, but he's also not going to get a ton of on-ball reps like that with this UCLA team because he's just like, hey, get out in transition, backdoor cuts, and, you know, do some dirty work, defend, and that's how you're going to stay on the floor because UCLA is a really good college team. Like, they have a chance, I think, to win to win it all. Yeah. That's that's nah. not uh, that's not like a controversial mm-hmm. take. You know, they had a deep <laughs> run last year, and they brought, like, everyone back. But uh, I just love his, his tools, his skill set. And I think if, like, looking at guys like Scotty Barnes, guys like Patrick Williams, and you're looking at, like, these long toolsy gifted athletic basketball players like bet on those guys. And I think Watson's a bet on, on him kind of guy. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. I, one thing we have to talk, I, I didn't get to mention his playmaking, the guy, you know, he's got some playmaking yeah. to him. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you have those skills at that size, you mentioned he's not gigantic. I think he's like listed at like six, eight, right. Yeah. But the the work rate is there. The athleticism is there. Uh, what I'm, you know, as, as I mentioned before, the shootings are huge question mark. Mm-hmm. We will see. And it's like weird that I have him so high up on my board, considering like I'm so biased to shooters and I love right. my shooters so much. I mean, we both do. 
but um there's something about him like that yeah. infectious energy that he has and i'm like this guy's gonna be i just think he's gonna be good like he's gonna figure it out one way Impactful. or another yeah yeah it's like that palpable energy so i'm I, yeah dude i i had peyton watson fifth on my board and i took him sixth year so i think it's pretty fair i hope i don't regret it later but yeah <laughs> i mean that's the thing about doing this so early and doing it as the first version we're not setting anything in stone. This is not our final board before they're not getting drafted tomorrow. We get to see, but I love the role that he's in because he's, he has so many guys to learn from in front of him that he doesn't have to like come in with expectations of like, this guy is going to be a superstar player in the NBA because he's learning how to be a role player at UCLA. And I love that for him. All right. uh, So number seven for me and you know, had like a very quiet debut last night. Um, coming off of a little, you know, little injury. That's a big question mark for me going forward. I have AJ Griffin. Um, hmm. And I'm just buying the long-term talent of him. He reminds me a lot of the, like, Jimmy Butler... Yes, Jalen Brown type of wings that find success in in the NBA. And with the Jimmy Butler stuff, it's down to the number Mm -hmm. and the oversized untucked jersey. Like Mm -hmm. he has been studying Jimmy Butler's mannerisms and every like I'm watching him and just like this. This looks like Jimmy Butler is wearing a Duke jersey Mm -hmm. or a Stephanie Jersey, you know, Archbishop, like it just, he just looks like Jimmy Butler on the court. Right. Um, right. Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. Cause he has one of the greatest work ethics of all time and a hunger and a, you know, uh, the way he was brought up as a kid and everything he dealt with that made Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. But I think AJ Griffin has that kind of talent. He's athletic. He can shoot it. He's multi, you know, all these skills. And even though he, you know, had all of this hype, potential top 10 pick coming in. Dad was an NBA player, coach, so he's got the the pedigree. He didn't force anything last night. Like, oh, I'm the guy, you know, Paolo's getting his, like, I got to go get mine. You know, he played within himself, within the team structure, and didn't try to break out of it. Because as much as Duke was in control, it still... You know, Kentucky made a run at the end, and they they closed the gap. And you know, if if guys started looking for theirs, it very easily could have just flipped. So I, it's one game, like I said, it's a sample size. It's not enough for me to be like, oh, he's going to average two points the rest of the way. Like I think he's going to be just fine. And unlike a lot of these other teams, he didn't play some made up college somewhere. You know, he he played Kentucky at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I, I, I'm I'm keeping him up as a, a high level prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play uh, Dixon City or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never heard of that school in my life, Corey. Ever. It literally sounds Ever. like what you would name mm-hmm. like a team if you were remaking Friday Night Lights like they play for mm-hmm. for Dixon. <laughs> Where, like, where's what's that town in Long Island? Hick- Hicksville. <laughs> <laughs> That's what what a name! 
Oh God, Hicksville. Um, but okay. Um, AJ Griffin. I, I like it, dude. I had him ninth on my list. Um, he, Jimmy Butler comes to mind because of his physique too. Mm. He kind of has one of those long torso, shorter legs guys, yep. and he's ridiculously jacked for his age. It makes no sense. Like when he stepped on the court yesterday, and he like wasn't even flexing, and Yo, his, his arms were like are ridiculous, dude, crazy, and they're like veins popping and everything. It was unbelievable. Um, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I like him a lot. I'm interested to see how he kind of trusts his body again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had so many injuries and, yeah. you know, he came back really quickly from this knee injury. I want to see if he's able to really trust his knee and put a lot of wear and tear and pressure on it because, you know, there's a real opportunity there for him to do a lot on that Duke team. And, it's a fun team. That Duke team's really fun. They're I mean, Keels, he was unbelievable last night. Unreal. I, you know, the the yeah, it was awesome. So he plays um, like that the rest of the way, and not even it's the over. He's it's a over. He's a lottery. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And also, I I saw like people were giving like Mark Williams some crap, but I didn't hate it. I thought he was fine. Yeah, me too. I thought yeah, he was he fine, was, and he, he. That's why yeah. I wrote about him as potentially like the guy that could quote unquote disappoint. Yeah, in our no ceilings preview, mm-hmm. um, because like this is what he's gonna do. Like he is yeah. going to be a a dive man, mm-hmm. a garbage man, and he's gonna block shots. Yeah, and I sometimes mean, yeah. and what a sh- what a young shot blockers get in trouble for fouls, fouls. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen to this kid. So mm-hmm. you know he's gonna have days where he doesn't get in foul trouble and he looks tremendous and then he's gonna have days where he's in foul trouble and it's like you forget that he's there because he's been sitting on the bench for 15 minutes it's it's how it's gonna go but i i thought when he did make plays it was very impressive and seeing him in person he's huge and his arms are his wingspan seven seven i think yeah he's a freak dude yeah he's a freak i i was not disappointed by him yesterday Mm -hmm. he he is as I expected for me personally. Yeah, me too. He had like a sick block on, I think it was Severe Wheeler, whatever. But yeah, he he looks awesome to me. But anyway, that Duke team looks fun. I'm with you on AJ Griffin. I think he's going to be good. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. The health thing is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Are, are, we're on number eight now, right? We are on number eight, yes. Perfect. Okay, so I have the eighth pick, and this guy was eighth on my board. This might be, I don't know, people may not like this. People might say he's too high. I've seen him, like, way higher on other boards, but I'm not really here to agree with everybody else. I Do I just really like, yeah, I, I love this guy. I There's something about it. I'm just really, like. I think I, I know I'm, where you're going with it, and yeah. I can't wait for you to say it. But it's stupid because I just love my Kentucky guards. So maybe oh. this is, like, just a me problem. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love my Oregon guards. I love my Kentucky guards. And okay. so I, I have Ty Ty Washington here right. at number eight. Okay. I've seen Ty Ty as high as like 20 something on other people's boards. But for me, with Ty Ty, it's as simple as this. Like, I just really like smart players. I've always liked really intellectually smart players. And Ty Ty is a guy who seems to play the game at like 1.5 speed. Mm. He's a guy who doesn't ever seem phased. He seems really calm. And I've seen a lot of people talk about him as being this like poised player. And I think it's true. I I think it fleshed itself out. Even yesterday, he was having a really hard time because he was being guarded by, he's being guarded by Keels and all these like really, you know, uh, Wendell Moore was on him too. That gave him a really hard time. But at the same time, you know, he was doing his thing. 
I, I really like him, and I think it's cool that Calipari is going to trust him with a lot of playmaking. Now, of course, Wheeler got a big brunt of the playmaking, which was hot and cold. Um, but when Wheeler's on the bench, it looks like Calipari is just going to go with Ty Ty as his secondary point guard uh, when Wheeler's on the bench. And I like it. I really do. I like the passing. I like the shooting. I like when he goes to the rim. I like that he can draw fouls. Um, he's a really pure looking shooter to me. Like, obviously, I don't think he's the sniper on the level of like a Caleb Houston or or a, or a Hardy or a, or a freaking who am I missing here? Patrick Baldwin. But I think he's a really good shooter. And I, I like the playmaking. I like the savvy. He's kind of like a, you know. What, what what do you think? He's like a one and a half. He's like a combo guard. Yeah. You know, you know, he's not too small, not too big. He's kind of perfect in that way. I, I like Ty Ty a lot. I had him number eight on my board and I feel comfortable taking him number eight here. Yeah. So he struggled yesterday with his shooting. Right. And like you mentioned, he was actually guarded by legit guys. Like he wasn't, again, playing Dixie. He was playing Duke. And right. He had legit guys um, covering him. So I, you know, I'll, you got to be patient with that. You can't like have him free fall. If you believe in him in the preseason, I really like his form. I like his shot making ability. I like that. Like he's one and a half. He could play on or off the ball. And I think it's beneficial that he isn't on the ball all the time, because the one thing I worry about with him, and I'll tell you if he had, I worry about his handle to me. It's, it's really loose. And it feels like, I don't know, maybe he has like really small hands, potentially. He just, it's just, he doesn't have it on the string. And when he's creating space, I think like he really struggled with it yesterday. And again, against good defenses, but he struggled to create space. And so like when he does create space, he's taking these dribble jumpers. And I think that's his bread and butter. But I wonder if he can leverage that to get to the rim. And that's going to be what, for me, shows me is like, like, is he a guy I could have in my lottery? Because right now I do have him down more towards like the 20s rather than mm. towards 10. And I had him that way before yesterday's game. And it's all because of the handle. Now, another thing. Kentucky guards have not looked great at Kentucky over the last X amount of years, right? And then they go to the NBA and they look more comfortable in a more open, free-flowing kind of offense. And I could totally see that happening with Ty Ty too, because he he ha- the way he when he does shoot when he gets into his shot, it's an NBA shot. So I I totally am like on board with him getting better and projecting better than what he looked like last night. But I got to see him consistently create space, space with his handle. Cause I, I, that's the one thing that, that I struggled with yesterday. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. All right. So number nine, I'm going to go with Jabari Smith. I am buying in on Jabari Smith. He played their game yesterday. He was on fire. And not like on fire, like, oh, he's hitting every shot he takes. Although he did, you know, shoot well. 
his personality. He was like clapping defensively. He was pumping up the crowd, waving them on with their arms, like get up, like get loud. And then he was getting on, you know, on the perimeter, he was getting down in his stance, getting long. He, you know, I, I just, I look at him like, wow, like, yeah, this kid's fucking good. He can make an impact. And I compared him, I've been comparing him to like a modern day Taj Gibson. And on the service surface, it kind of seems like a slight to him because I don't know if people, you know, casual NBA fans realize Remember, how yeah. freaking good or how yeah. impactful Taj Gibson was at his peak. The and there's a reason yeah. that he is still a rotation member of a good team because he's a really good basketball player, even in his twilight years. He just can't go for 35 minutes a night anymore. But he he had a lot of the same same skill set. He just didn't have the range that I think Jabari is going to have. But the tenacity, the fire, the ability to put you on a poster, guard the perimeter, play smart, pass the, the ball a little bit, not serve as any kind of primary creator. But he was like, he, he reminded me or reminds me of like a little bit of like a modern day Taj Gibson mixed with a little bit of the stuff that like Jaron Jackson does. But more more so the version, more so Taj than Jaron Jackson. But I, I'm in. I, I loved I loved how he played. Um, and I think that Auburn team is actually going to be pretty fun, fun to watch. More fun than mm. than last year, especially when when Flanagan comes back. I'm 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 with you. The the Gibson one is interesting. Um, I just I'm trying to send my brain back to when Taj was on the Bulls and the defensive impact that he had. And it wasn't like just like rim protection or post defense, but his versatility as a defender and the way that he can move his feet and stay in front of guards. That stuff was unbelievable. Little 16 to 18 foot jumper, but um, doesn't get to do that as much on the Knicks anymore, (laughs) which is fine. Which is fine. Taj is still a really important part of our Knicks team. I love it. I'm with you, dude. I I like it. The shooting, the shooting is what interests me the most, of course. Yeah. Right. We're staying on brand here. Um, He had some nice looking threes yesterday. And you mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. And I, I like his form like a lot better than I liked Jaron Jackson's uh, shooting form. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I like Jabari a lot. Good size at 6'10". Um, Thick too. Exactly. Exactly. He's not Chet at all. He's not Jalen Duran, but he's a good <sighs> size for a modern four. Mm-hmm. Four or five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude, I'm definitely with you. Jabari is going to be somebody to watch, obviously, throughout the season. I'm excited to see him grow in those areas that you're talking about, as I am with all these prospects. But, yeah, yeah, I I don't I love that. I love that at all. And you just mentioned the guy I'm going to take next because I actually have him a lot higher and I forgot to take him. So... Maybe this worked out, but I'm gonna take Jalen Duran here. I think he's fallen enough. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody say that he was Dwight Howard 2.0. I didn't like that. Um, I don't know. Like, I think Duran is I think huge. Nate said that. Oh, was it? Was it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Nathan said I that. apologize. <laughs> no. <laughs> no hate for you, Nate. I'm sorry. I just I don't see that because I think Dwight's a little bigger. Although Duran is huge, I just remember Dwight being bigger, um, just like a little bit more physically imposing. 
and jumping a little bit higher. I think but... it's the bounce. Yeah. yeah. Dwight yeah. was an unbelievable athlete. He was. He was. Yeah. I don't see that with Duran. I think Duran no. is ripped and he jumps high enough, but he's not Dwight for me. Sorry, Nate. Um, but I do. Duran's going to be freaking good. Like this guy yeah. is scary. Like, you know, he's got some stuff to him. And we we talked about him a little bit back in the summer. Right. And we talked about, you know, the areas that he needs to work on, like obviously offensively, like let's see what happens here. But, yeah, you know, as a defender, as just a freaking brick house um, at the at the backbone of your defense, like there's value there. And he is athletic. Like once again, I think you and I, we agree that he's not Dwight athletically, but that doesn't mean he's not athletic. He's yeah. unbelievably athletic. And um, I, I think on that Memphis team, it's going to be interesting to watch how he builds that rapport with Imani Bates because Mm -hmm. in game one, Imani Bates came out slanging that thing. So yeah, yeah, he was just, you know, wow. Balls to the walls. He's just chucking it up there, but it looked good too, man. Shouts to Imani Bates. Like I'm almost like, I'm rooting for the kid now. I want him to be awesome now. Um, But yeah, anyway, Duran, I like, and this is as far as he drops for me. So I'm going to take Duran here and I'm excited to see how he, continues to grow playing with Amani this year. If he if he pops, if he makes it, then he's going to be a really interesting intriguing score, scorer from that position in the league with like some playmaking chops. It's going to be hard as hell to figure out what if that's real um this year with the overla- overtime elite program. I I don't know about this thing, man. I it's We'll see. I gotta. We'll, we'll see how it plays out throughout the whole year. But there are parts of it that I'm just like, I. What are we watching? What are we doing? What's going on? But I think just his raw talent. Um, I think he'll be a project because I think I don't think teams will necessarily feel comfortable enough just giving him the keys unless he goes to a you know a team like a, a OKC, which even then you know they have all those guards. They're not going to give him the keys. But that type of situation where it's like you know they just want to get their young guys experience but he's interesting montero he intrigues me very much Mm. and i like his shot making package so i'm willing to take the chance at this part of the draft with all those other guys you know kind of taken by now which there's one other guy that i i kind of was like i don't know this is the riskier pick than this other guy who i watched today that i'm coming around on more so um, but I'll I'll stick with Montero for now, and that's why this is the first version of the board. Gotcha. Okay, I think we like got disconnected for a second. I kind of like missed like yeah the first we, part of what you we said. got disconnected a little bit. Hopefully, the audio <laughs> recorded. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, hopefully. But I did hear the tail end, and I figured out you were talking about G Montero. Um, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I, I think he's really interesting. I didn't have him this high up my board. But I think it's more a matter of just me not having enough exposure of him yet. So, yeah, the more exposure of him I get, the more I'll be able to kind of get a better idea of him as a player. Um, For me at this point, what pick am I at now? 10? No, we're 12. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. 12. Okay. Um, Then he – I had him number 10 on my board. So, perfect time to take him. I'm taking Jaden Ivey here. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like Ivy a lot. I talked about him on uh, the pod with Draft Capital last weekend, uh, but he's a guy that I'm really interested to see. Like, I loved him in the U19s, 
I thought he played with great energy. I loved how he was playing on and off the ball. Mm -hmm. And he was like making some beautiful cuts, um, like weak side or wherever. And I was really happy uh, watching Mm -hmm. him play. I think the shooting has already uh, improved a lot. And I'm ready to, I'm excited to see him continue to work on that and grow in that. Um, I just don't think he's an elite passer at all. Um, I, I think the passing is obviously lacking there a little bit, but overall, like as a combo guard, as a guy who could play on and off the ball, I like him a lot, dude. I, I think I like the athleticism. I like the grit and the intensity that he plays with and defensively too. I think he shows that on that end as well. So I like Ivy a lot, actually. So I have him in my top 10 and taking him here feels good to me. Yeah, this feels like a good spot for him. I have him a few spots lower, but not much. He, I have him in my lottery. He reminds me a lot of a of the young, raw version of Zach Levine. Oh, that's nice. You know, he's got crazy balance at the athleticism, the ability to just put the the burners on but it's not like necessarily the smoothest but it it still is very smooth at the same time i don't even know how to explain it um and then he's got like the shot creation ability i think zach levine's a way better shooter and always has looked the part of being the better shooter even if it hasn't always been the most efficient although now he's you know one of the most efficient guards in the entire nba right so it, it's all up to Ivy as to how hard he's going to continue to work on his game. It seems like he will, but he's one of these guys, like if you can get him at this part of the draft, there's a, if it booms, it's like a franchise altering guy that you can get at this part of the draft. So his progress this year is going to be unbelievably important and uh, to, to check in on. And um, I think I'm going to try to see him live when they play Rutgers, they play Rutgers a couple. Um, one of my former players is a, a team manager right now for Rutgers. So, you know, he's, he's like, yeah, let me know, you know, when you want to go to a games and I'll try to get you to hook up. Unfortunately, I can't go to the Michigan game uh, when they're playing Michigan, but I'm going to try to get to Purdue to see them. 13. I'm going to take Kennedy Chandler. Oh, Okay. And honestly, this is I this is who I thought you were going with a little bit earlier when you went with Ty Ty. Mm. So I watched the Chandler game from yesterday. And again, you know, they were playing like UT something, some place, you know, whatever. I think. Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing Slytherin House. <laughs> No, not even. That would have been like the tough team to play. They were playing That's true. like the Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> and some um, uh, off-campus uh, school. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're playing the the Irish uh, the Irish magic <laughs> school, and not even the Irish, like the Scottish <laughs> Wales. <laughs> but I think that Chandler's the best point guard in the draft. Now, there are other guards that play the one in the draft that maybe you take ahead of them. Like, I went with Montero ahead of him for now. Uh, you went with Ty Ty, who we said is like a one and a half. Um, but as far as, like, your dad's point guard, 
he's what he's that version of what a point guard is like run the offense make plays at a pick and roll in transition he's unbelievably fun uh he's shooting the the shit out of the ball right now now a lot of it is like like yesterday guys were going under and he's stepping into these wide open shots um he pulled it from the logo at one point so that was you know he's got the range but again wide open shot i'm i'm wondering what his shooting is going to look like when people play up on him go over on screens and he's got to create and get his shot off with a defender in his face i thought that he in the half court he had a little bit of trouble finishing through contact mm-hmm. in transition it looks great because he's got guys on their heels and he's such a devastating player in that scenario so i have some questions with him still because he's he's tiny i think he's listed yeah. at six foot and no shot he, does, he doesn't look it um he is for his height he does he's a little his body he's not like slight like he probably weighs more than chet does um you know and he's not like jacked up like davion either like he but he's like a Mm -hmm. good like chris paul Mm -hmm. like body type right um but chris paul is bigger i think yeah the fire hydrant chris paul yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um i really liked i love the pace that he plays with I, i love how he runs the offense I definitely like watching this Tennessee team better than last year's version that everybody on draft Twitter fell in love with. I like, I like watching Kennedy Chandler a lot. I, that kid's he's a, he's a really good player. Now, another question, you know, cause I mentioned a few of these, these issues, like you see a lot of these guards, the, the rules changed in the NBA and the NBA is a little bit more physical and it's, it's a little bit more uh, these guards trying, you know, have to figure out how to adapt. And if like guys like Dame and James Harden and Trey Young are having this issue with the new physicality of the league, how is somebody like Kennedy Chandler, who I don't believe is in that same tier of prospect going to come in? And is he a starting level guard in this scenario? And that's why I kind of have him more in this range now. And I've moved him up my board to get him here because I am impressed with all that other stuff. But that, those are my questions for him. (sighs) To be honest, for me, I'm actually surprised um, you have him up here. Um, I get it though, just because he did show off some stuff, but for me, he's so small. He's so small. That stuff that comes, that concerns me, dude. And like we even wrote about like, yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, sorry, both of us. But he was like the guy Max... in, in my article I wrote that yeah. I, I'm being cautious with. Yeah, even like Max Abemus, that dude, mm-hmm. tiny yeah. little dude. I think Chandler's a got fan. a better physical frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get it though. Like you're what you said about like the quintessential point guard. He's definitely he definitely has that dude. You know, he's going to be able to run your offense and do that stuff, but. I, I just the size is the only thing that bother, bothers me. And um, you mentioned the shooting. Yeah. You know, what did he go like four for four last night from three? So, yeah, he was seven yeah. for 10, I think, overall. But like looking deeper at it and not just box score watching. Yeah. It's like, all right. Wide open. Half court finishes he had trouble with amongst the trees against college mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Um, 
so but again yeah. small sample small yeah. sample you know yeah i i'm not hitting the panic button and the other stuff that he did i was like all right he's a safe bet at this part compared to where some of these other guys are at it's not saying he's gonna, i'm not saying he's gonna stay here and i'm not saying that he's not gonna rise up my board more mm-hmm. i could see it going either way yeah by the end of the draft but right now I feel safe in this part of the the draft for him because I, I do think he's – I just like how he runs an offense. And even if that means he's like a Jalen Brunson kind of backup guard, that could still be valuable if it even if it's like just in a limited capacity and he's not going to be some starting level point guard. And I think if you get yeah. that here, that's you know pretty worthwhile. That's true. Yeah, I think that's – I think you bringing a Brunson is a good one. I, I think those guys are worth it. Like what's, what's – who's the guy on uh, the Spurs? Trey Jones, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you like those guys. Those guys are good. They're important. You need you need a good point guard off the bench. So I, I don't mind that at all. So I'm with you. I, I think this is a good spot. My guy 14. I, I really wrestled between a couple of guys, but mm. I'm just gonna go with him because I'm I wrote about him for my column tomorrow. So I'm gonna go with Max Christie. Okay. Um, I like Christie, dude. I like Christie a lot. Um, when I wrote on my art, uh, I'm kind of like I don't want to spoil my thing too much, but I I, I compared him to Malik Monk. He reminds me a little bit of Malik Monk in terms of like the shooting form and like the slim, skinny physique with the long arms. And he's got some good athleticism to him. Obviously, he's not a carbon copy of Malik Monk. But um, yeah, I like Max Christie a lot. Where I'm worried about with him is defensively. Um, I didn't love some of the stuff that I saw from him defensively. But I mean, if you're going to get better at defense, the best one of the best places to go in the country is Michigan State. You know, Tom is going to nail that in him and he's going to get better as a defender. So I feel like he's in a really good situation. Um, My only concern from the first game was like he did a lot of sitting in the corner, which Mm -hmm. is what I don't want to see from him, because Mm -hmm. I think he has the handle and the ability to do more than just stand in the corner. Um, Some of his mid range stuff was really pretty in high school where I was like, I want to see a lot more of that. Um. You know, so I, I'm really hoping that, you know, that he gets more of an opportunity to do that with Michigan State. But the guy is good. And like even defensively, I know in high school he had a lot of like highlight, you know, weak side blocks, but he's got to grow a lot defensively. I, I really didn't like his feet. Um, I thought he has to do a better job of, you know, like I think he's really going to struggle against guards like a Kennedy Chandler. I think yeah. quicker, smaller guards are just going to blow right by him. So I'm really hoping he works on that. And it doesn't mean he can't, right? Once again, he's in a great situation to improve upon that. So this feels like a good spot for me with Christie because even in my thing, like, I, I, yeah, I, I think he could get up here. Like, I really mm-hmm. do think he can get to the end of the lottery. I mean, if he has an unbelievable season, maybe even higher. But I, I'm really high on him. I mean, I didn't even mention the shooting. That's, that's his calling card. The kid can yes. absolutely gun it a beautiful looking jump shot. He can do it off the move. He could do it in all he's he really is like a three level type of scorer. Um I love it. So I'm gonna go with Max Christie here. I I I think it's an interesting selection. I actually I have him not too far down in my rankings actually. Um I don't have him yet as a lottery guy, but I as well can see him being kind of like the Trey Murphy kind of prospect who climbs up boards in that regard. Now, Trey Murphy's defense was on another level. He's a little older. But seeing Christie in person, like you mentioned that he was like skinny and long, like kind of like a bigger Malik Monk. I got to tell you, I was very impressed with his body physically seeing him live. 
His legs, he does not have skinny legs. Okay. Like he's got like some some home run hitting hitting legs. Like they looked pretty thick to me. Now his his length stood out, and what I liked about him defensively is that he uses his length and he gets like he'll have his hand out, his arms mm-hmm. wide. And I think that even though he doesn't have like the quickness necessarily that you want on the perimeter, like those feet to to shuffle, um, like an elite wing defender, he does have that length that allows him to recover and contest shots and, and make things difficult at times. So defensively, is he going to be locked down this year? I don't think so, but I, I do like his size and I like his skill set and that jumper is he's got one of the prettiest wicked. shots in the in the in the class. It's wicked. It's so smooth. It's so pretty. You mentioned he just went to the corner. I hated it. And uh I'm blanking on the the name of the the point guard. Ho Hogard? No, it was the other one. Hodor? He was a tran <laughs> he's a transfer, I I believe. Um and I'm watching him yesterday and I'm like we got a, a a guy in the lead for the Ashton Hagen's award early oh, lead. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate that lo- name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't love the, the point guard stuff. Um, I didn't love that Christie was just going to the corner and they weren't looking for him. They weren't trying to find him. They weren't going out of their way to get him involved in any way. And he, he, when he did get the ball, I loved how he moved off of it. Like, going from one side of the floor to the other and then catching the ball and ripping straight to the hoop. And he missed a couple of bunnies, but I, 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 it was, I don't think that it looked like his touch was off, but I do think that he's going to be more finesse than like, let me go to the line and draw fouls. I think he's going to be up and down and the highs are going to be really high and the lows are just going to be like, he's a little bit invisible. It's not necessarily that he's playing poorly. It's just that he's not involved much, but I'm, I'm a Christie fan for sure. I I like I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's going to be awesome. And once again, like the context for me is important. Like I thought in high school defensively, like I hated so much of what I saw. Like there was this awkwardness to him that I wasn't happy about. Mm-hmm. But he's at Michigan State now, and I think we're already seeing a little bit of that growth. And as you mentioned, if he can use that length to his benefit, then yeah, I think he can definitely become at least average as a defender, but the feet is what bothered me. I just, yeah, I just like got, you know what it is? Davion spoiled me last year. Now, like when I'm watching <laughs> yeah. guys defensively, I'm like, do you have feet? You're going to move? It's kind of where my head's at. <laughs> yeah. His feet are, <laughs> when you compare it to Davion, his feet are a little heavy, <laughs> just a little bit heavy. Um, but I, I think he'll get better on that end. It's, you know, agreed. Agreed. It's his first game. And again, too, like, they weren't playing a cookie cutter team. They played Kansas and Kansas was yeah. really good. Abashi yeah. was awesome. Dude, that guy's sick. He was awesome. He should be. He's a, you know, an older Old prospect man. playing, you know, he has the experience and, you know, to, he understood the moment playing at the garden, all that. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in on Christie. I think he's going to shoot up boards because looking at the, draft deck official board that we dropped on no ceilings um for the no ceilings board the uh where we averaged out all of the rankings so we could keep an actual chart 
this year throughout the from the beginning of the season to the end we can actually chart prospects rise or fall throughout the year where they were when you know we we put together the average of of the mainstream uh outlets boards and christie came in his average cost was 30.2 he he was actually the 24th prospect on the board but his average cost ended up being 30.2 and that's because some of the boards didn't have him ranked some of the boards like tankathon had him as high as 17 but i think he's going to stabilize to be a guy from that post lottery to 20 uh range and if he really comes in and he just starts you know flamethrowing then obviously he can be a lottery guy but i like christy and i think that being on him early is a good bet yeah yeah <sighs> it, you know that's really, that's the board really quickly Corey. the one guy that i was like really wrestling with before i went with christy was jovich mm. yeah i think that's gonna be a popular name yeah i, <sighs> I have him at 20 I'm, I'm yeah, so, right yeah, now. yeah. I'm I'm, like, I'm I'm a little iffier. I feel like part of the Jovic stuff is that he's had this internet hype for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When it when it looks good, it looks good. Hmm. But there are times where it's not the highlight stuff that he does, and mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know what I'm getting here. But I get it. Like he is skilled. Yeah. He's six ten. Big boy. He's. I mean, he struggled early, and that's part of it. And like. We have to give him the same the same leeway to get better throughout the year that we gave a guy like Hardy and some of these other prospects. Um, but I think he's going to be like him and Rocco are obviously going to be like darlings of yeah the, you know the draft community on the internet and uh, I'm I'm a little bit more iffy on yeah. them than I think the internet will be. I'm That's with it. you. I'm with you. But he's good. He's he, this is a deep draft. It's a deep class. It's a fun class. Um and I think that I think we're going to have a lot of debate in this one and a lot of movement in this class. But yeah. it's going to be a fun process. It's going to be a fun process mm-hmm. from start to finish, for sure. It is November, so. Yeah. It's November and like we said, to put this into context, how crazy <laughs> the last year has been we are not even 365 days removed from the 2020 nba draft this didn't even happen a year ago we're not there yet it was like november 29th that's actually sick it's unbelievable like <laughs> and we're already like in the next season it's crazy but such is life mm-hmm. and that's it has made this podcast very interesting. So I, I'm, I'm thankful for that at the very least. Um, Same. All right. Albert, you got a big piece dropping <laughs> uh, tomorrow, which will be November 11th. Um, your first solo piece for No Ceilings. Tell, uh, tell everybody what you're writing about tomorrow. Yeah, dude. Um, thank you, first off, for... Uh... Let me talk about it. I, I'm excited, dude. It, it's it's my first uh, taking out the trash uh, biweekly column. I'm gonna try to do it every other week and put it up there. And I I just I want it to be a column where I talk about the stuff that I'm kind of into at the moment, you know. And so, 
um, as I was prepping for the column, I was like, I, I'm really into the shooters in this mm-hmm. draft class. Like, I think there's some really beautiful, awesome looking shooters. So uh, the main focus is on PBJ, Caleb Houston and Max Christie. But, you know, there are a couple other names in there that I threw in as like honorable mentions. And yeah, like, I hope you guys enjoy it. I It's a lot of it. It's like nonsense and just my brain kind of thrown on the page. But um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I, a lot of succession references. So uh, if you're into succession, you might like this one. But um, yeah, it's my first column. I'm like kind of nervous. But yeah, please be nice to me or not. It's OK. I'm I'm ready for it all. It's going to be great. I already know. I haven't read it yet because I want to read it when it goes live. But I, I did see some of like the gifs and the you know the the videos and stuff <laughs> that you threw in, and I'm excited for it. You're coming. You got the momentum, right? You're you're flying high right now. You mentioned it on the draft capital pod. Like um, Koreans are the wave right now. Let's and, go and. You are the number one draft expert in that entire community. Soak that in. <laughs> A gigantic community. So put that put that into perspective. <laughs> and um, you know, you, you're coming off your podcast. You got your first solo article for No Ceilings. You are bringing the heat right now, my friend. Your your star is on the rise. I'm very happy, very proud, and excited. Um, for all the the garbage time gim taking out the trash articles that are coming out this year that's what's going to make no no ceilings man if you haven't subscribed to the substack you got to go subscribe to the substack yeah what are you doing maybe you're just reading it every day like following the links on twitter but one day like you're gonna miss the the postings because the algorithm's stupid just get it sent to your email you know it's a newsletter it'll go right to your inbox it's no ceilings.substack.com me albert Nathan from Draft Deeper, Tyler from Backcourt Violation, uh, other Tyler Metcalf, who has been on, and he was our first guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Evan, uh, Nick, Nick. I, I mean, who else? Or is there anybody Alex. else? Alex, yeah. Draft Film School. The team is absolutely loaded, man. And we're we Monday through Friday, we're posting something draft related every day from one of us or multiples of us. I mean. It's just, it's the best draft content around. So sub to it. Not me. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Where else on the internet can uh, people find you, Albert? You find me at Garbage Time Gim, at Alberto Gim. Find me on those. I try to be entertaining, but I generally just entertain myself. So if you're into that, come join me. All right. You can follow me at Corey Tullaba. Um, and you'll find all of the the links there. You could subscribe to the NBA Draft Dude YouTube channel. We passed 4K today. Your boys in HD. Um, so we're on Shouts. to we're on to the goal to 5,000 subscribers. And after five, we're looking at 10. It's going to be a a big year for the channel. Now that games are coming, that means the first film session of the season is coming pretty soon, and the game will change. Oh boy. Yeah. The game will change. It's all I'm twist. I'm very excited. I think I'm I'm really gonna set the bar for the the YouTube world and, and these prospect wow. breakdowns. Um at least creatively. 
hopefully my my analysis is on point as well but creatively for sure all right that's going to do it for uh this episode uh the big board version one november 10th 2021 very early we'll have a bunch of these come out during the year but not too many we're not going to flood your you know feeds with big boards and whatnot um I think maybe, you know, once we get to like a quarter way through the NBA season, maybe we'll do like a mock draft uh, that will have more games for the college kids, uh, a better idea of which teams are actually going to be good and which teams are going to be bad in the NBA. So we'll, we'll do like a mock draft in, uh, you know, like game 20 or so for the NBA, right? I think it sounds good. All right, guys, thank you for rocking with us. We did it. Another episode, the Draft Act, NBA Draft Podcast. We out. Peace. Peace.